Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Same as you. Welcome to the Bureau of Citizen Detectives, the officially unofficial podcast for the Yellow Jackets Showtime Show. Hey, I'm Jim. And I'm Aaron. And today we're talking season two, episode four, Old Wounds. Uh, Aaron, I don't know about you, but I enjoy this episode. There are some twists. There are some turns. There are some maybe um, intellectually offensive things, but come on, it's Yellow Jackets, right? Let's let's talk about it. How'd you, how'd you feel about this episode? I really like this episode. Um... I I'm curious what you're talking about the intellectual affronts. Um, there's a there's a there's a test there's a scientific test administered in this episode. I don't, I don't see any problems with it. Uh, oh, okay. But okay. Uh, I yeah I liked it. I really uh, you know long term bald move listeners long time bald move listeners will know that I'm a natural shipper natural born shipper and I can't <laughs> I mean uh, clearly Walter's up to no good. Is going to complicate things, but but I I really hmm. I really want him and Misty to get together. <laughs> Elijah Woods. All right. Yeah. Elijah Woods and uh, Christina Ricci just really cute together, and that side by side montage of them doing their just insane check in routine: the black lights, the checking for the listening devices, the whatever, uh, and then them you know juxtaposed on their beds they even sleep on complimentary sides of the bed jim mm-hmm. uh i i got i gotta see it happen i gotta see some bed and breakfast boning what about you oh uh specifically on the walter misty thing i love it no no i, uh, I just the whole i mean i did the whole the whole episode <laughs> okay. is as open floor for debate at this point the the intellectual uh hurdle that i had to jump over was the stuff with hobby um hobby returning at the end of this episode you know you got to imagine there's probably some uh supernatural foul play here uh something something kept him alive not just like oh i found a cave and i huddled up next to a sleeping mama bear and i i ate off the fat of the land i don't i don't know if that's a thing but we'll see we'll see what they what they do it's I, I really love like the look that he gives his brother when he gets back because there's something there that isn't sitting right with him. And I I don't know if it's like a weird feeling he's got, if he's seeing like, hey, these people have changed. I wonder what could have changed about them. Uh, uh, so I'm amazed. I'm super excited to learn more about that. I'm amazed at how freely you're swinging to the supernatural branch here. I mean, sure, sure, it's hard to understand how he mm-hmm. would survive under the conditions he has, but you know, uh, let's uh, let's hear him out. He hasn't even said anything. Sure, um, yeah. we we no, there I, might, there might be a, a perfectly logical explanation. It is interesting how they're doing sure. this kind of like Jack versus Locke versus Locke situation. You know, you've got Nat is the Jack. You've got two locks, two dueling locks, possibly one evil, possibly one good <laughs> oh in the form of I Ty. I couldn't handle one lock. I know. Lost. In, in the form of Ty and uh, Lottie. And then I, mm-hmm. Jim, 
the cold, icy hand that gripped my heart when Lottie stumbled upon a hatch that opened into a perfectly, uh, <laughs> you know, furnished industrial tunnel. And I'm just mm-hmm. like, what in the name of Lost am I seeing here? Is this a thing? And then when it became like a strip mall with all of her friends, including the dead ones there, I'm like, oh, OK, this I see what's happening now. But boy, uh I feel like a lot of these homages are intentional. It's like this uh, obviously is one part gender bent uh, Lord of the Flies, Lady of the Flies, and mm-hmm. uh, two parts uh, gender bent Lost, it seems like. Well, I guess not gender bent, exclusively uh, feminine Lost. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely Lost illusions to be made here. And I think, how could you not with this group of people lost in the wilderness, you know, stranded? Um, and yeah, the the seemingly supernatural happening around them. Uh, I I don't know, man. I'm excited to learn more. Um, I and I'm excited to see more of the Misty and Walter Roadshow. I I really want to know what's going to happen when they meet up around this cult because like I've seen some theories out there as to what's going on like overall in the show. Oh, yeah, and I think they're interesting and fairly compelling, especially after some of the things we see in this episode. But I'm hoping we could talk more about those when we kind of get to the scenes where it's relevant. Yeah, sure. Are we ready to get into the the recap then? There's one more thing I want to bring up that could be big. Um, It's the very end of this episode where Ty goes out to uh, unnamed small town west of where she lives and finds Van. Now, what I assume is her her video store right she probably owns this place seems like it she's the last blockbuster holdout (laughs) Mm -hmm. absolutely yeah um i kind of love it i i don't know i well i have so many questions let's just wait until we get there i guess because it'll make more sense in context but yeah uh i'm i'm excited to talk about this episode so let's do it the wilderness is the space between the ads we'll be right back when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Since the dawn of time, we've been putting clothes on our back that identify us with our people, our group, our tribe. And why Bald Move might be one of the smallest, weirdest tribes out there, transcending all concepts of border, class, culture, and creed, we still have respect for the old ways. At support.baldmove.com, you can get t-shirts, hats, mugs, and more. We have something for every one of our podcasts, or just wear the four pips of the Bald Move logo with pride. Bald Move merch beats running around naked, and they make a great gift for the Bald Move fan in your life. Join our tribe. Head over to support.baldmove.com and click on merch to start shopping. Don't freeze to death. Come back to our coverage of Yellow Jackets. We start off in 1996 with Thaisa finding another symbol. Uh, Van tries to convince her to talk to Lottie about it. 
Ty, of course, refuses and heads back to the cabin. Flash forward to the current day, and Taisa wakes up in her car miles from home, no gas, and she's got this dossier next to her on the yellow jackets, and she just starts walking down the road. Yeah, it turns out that uh, the dossier was uh, flipped open to the materials about Van's VHS store here. Sure, makes um, sense. I thought it was, I thought it was kind of clever to have Van making a map. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's you know she's trying to map out Ty's mind essentially, and then Ty coming to from a fugue state in the car using a map to try to get the van. Uh, yeah, I like it. Yeah, uh, and the two timelines you're dealing with here, yeah, it's all it's all it meets up nicely. Um, I, I figured when they showed this map that they were doing exactly what they were doing here, which was the map. The locations of these symbols are going to turn out to be a symbol in aggregate if you mapped them out. Um, it looks like that's what they're doing. So clearly, like, ties deeply connected to the symbols. It's just a matter of, like, what that means, I guess. Yeah. It could mean that she may. Yeah. Like I said, there's a lot of things it could mean. Mm-hmm. Um, I freeze framed and looked at the address. It's 1201 East Vine Avenue. Corbin, Ohio. There is it's, it's a fictional town on Ohio, but uh, the Yellow Jacks just moved our great state, Jim. Really? Yeah. We're in Ohio here. We're in Ohio, Corbin, wow. Ohio. Okay. From New York, it doesn't Ty uh-huh. live in New York? Yeah. Holy shit, she traveled a ways. <laughs> yeah, I wonder what her assistant thinks that she's just going to like she's going to get her car back and it's going to have like twelve hundred miles on it and. <laughs> Actually, this is going to be abandoned in the middle of Ohio, apparently. Uh-huh. Um, let, let me ask you this. So we, we we start to fugue state with Ty observing her shadow self going about business in her home. It's kind of interesting mm-hmm. that she's able to spy on. She's getting the ability to spy on the sh- her shadow self. Why is evil Ty, if we're going to call her that, Dark Ty? Why is Dark Ty trying to reach her fixer, Jessica Roberts? Uh, that's a really good question. It's not going to work, obviously. She's dead. Well, I mean, it's not that it's like, yeah, it's like this is something that that uh, light tie, you know, or good tie. Uh, like she's she had full I mean, the fixer is her idea, right? Are mm-hmm. they going to are they going to retcon the well, not retcon. Are they going to fully explain this is that there's something more sinister underlying the contract that like some special instructions only dark tie was able to. It could be, but I, I mean, it could just be sort of, I, I'm trying to gauge like how surprised is she by this dossier? This isn't something that like sleeping tie has been making behind waking ties back. Right. Well, my, my, my idea was this is something compiled by her campaign staff as potentially damaging information that could be researched. That's the whole reason she got to fix it, right? She wanted to investigate to make sure all of her friends were solid and they weren't going to do some kind of tell-all embarrassing thing while she was running for the Senate. Well, I mean, that's what she says, sure. There could be another reason. Who knows? Well, well but I mean, that would be a dark tie thing, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But like... That's that's the that's that's a story that Ty, her conscious self, thinks is going on. I, that to me, that that's a fully satisfactory explanation. But it could be an opportunity that Dark Ty used to inject her own stuff into it. But yeah, you're right. Ty doesn't. Sure. 
Yeah, Ty doesn't know that Misty killed the fixer. No, not yet. I'm sure Misty will tell people that, right? It's not that she's hiding it. It's just that she's literally not talked to anyone but Shauna. Yeah, and I don't think Misty knows that she was hired by Ty, right? So, like, there's no real reason for her to bring it up. She thinks it's just a journalist looking into their affairs. So, like, there's if her and Ty get back together, there's no real reason for her to bring it up. I but thought I could there's a possibility that maybe she coming. had discovered the truth at the toward like when she leveled with her at the end. But no, mm, you're right because she was promising so. her like exclusive story and yeah. her rights option uh, option and all that. Yeah, I think she was sticking to to that. So I, I don't know. It could be interesting if they get together and that secret. You know, both of those secrets are still there. Like yeah. they don't know that Ty was checking up on him, and also they don't know that that reporter's dead. And what would Dark Ty want with uh, Van? I don't know. I feel like it's something we haven't seen yet, right? Yeah. Like it's whatever they're going to discover about Ty in the woods is going to come back here. Well, it's it's fas- fascinating because they keep on having me double guess what I think is like the good and the bad yellow jackets, you know, like before the last mm-hmm. episode or two, I'd have been like Lottie's fucking evil. Like she's sure. like a real piece of work. And I still was not impressed with her running a cult, but we learned a lot about it this week that made, you know, cast a different light on things. And the fact that Lottie does not seem like she is interested in being an antler queen again, she's taking active steps to do it. But so it's like, mm-hmm. I thought this like, oh, this is all taught, you know, like that um, when we understand everything, Lottie's going to be behind all this stuff. You know, doesn't seem like yeah. that's the case. Now it's like it seems like Ty is the and not even Ty, but this shadow version of Ty is the real uh, malevolent one. But we'll I don't know. We'll have to see where it goes, because it could be that there is a layer, a layer on top of it. Yeah. And all these um, visions that Lottie's seeing could be warnings to her to try and help save the team. Right. Um, mm-hmm. if, if you're saying, OK, well, the dark one is sort of leading Ty uh, in her sleepwalking state around to do terrible things to the team, maybe. Yeah. Uh, the Lottie could be the protector here, uh, which, you know, kind of lines up with some of the things that the kids think about her out in the wilderness, right? Right. She's a provider of food. She uses these symbols to protect people, uh, that kind of thing. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. Um, I don't think it bodes well that they are essentially in the center of a giant symbol out in the wilderness and all these terrible things are happening uh, uh, but you know it could just be well the the terrible thing that happened is they crashed in the wilderness and the symbols like keeping them safe but I, I don't know it seems more also, like also we don't know Bermuda that Ty, we don't know that Ty in her fugue state isn't making these symbols so it would make perfect sense that mm-hmm. there's you know she's making the symbol uh, centered on their cabin right Mm-hmm. Um, and even if I if I want to play uh, ultimate skeptic, then there's also no evidence that these dots actually connect in the way that Van does. It could be just like Ty says, this is just a bunch of random yarn you're just tracing out on arbitrary <laughs> points, you know? Sure, sure, absolutely. Yeah, I you're seeing God. patterns you want to see, I, I, right? I, I feel like I feel like <laughs> I feel like if you some some people. Some of the people that I I see in feedback and on forums and even I'm hearing on my own podcast would flip like heads 10 times in a row and join a cult. I just feel like, you know, like crazy shit, crazy coincidence happens, you know. So so there's a massive, massive difference between something like this in real life and something like this on a fictional scripted drama. In a fictional scripted drama, you don't put red herrings the last seasons long. It's 
it's bad form but in if, a fictionalized if the point series of it you want to... things to mean things so you this this means something right it's not a random coincidence it's not like oh you drew the lines in a weird way and okay. so it matches up but it but it actually means nothing I don't think that would be satisfying at all. Let me suggest a meaning that we could both agree on, which is mm-hmm. the showrunners want us to really be on a razor's edge about whether this is a supernatural or absolutely natural yeah. events of coincidence. And I think that's the only like saying everything is like, well, it's got to mean something like the birds. Everything's got to mean something because I know it could still be a coincidence and I could still be narratively useful because they're wanting to. You know, especially if you because like, man, I, I I fell down a rabbit hole looking about this magic stuff and I, I, I kind of want to wait to talk about it. But like when I read that, I'm like, oh, my God, we might be in for a, 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 a fuck. Uh, we might be in for a wild ride. Yeah, it's possible. Uh, I read some stuff on that, too, and I'm kind of excited by it. Yeah. But yeah, we'll talk same. about it here in a bit. All right, let's go current day. Jeff questions Shauna's story on how the van got home and he tells her that the cops know about the affair with Adam. And she kind of lashes out at him. Yeah. Um, I thought they had come to some kind of understanding last episode. But Jeff's going to say it later in the episode. Like, yeah, we're it, obviously we're not like fully over this thing. Mm-hmm. It's just like we had a conversation about it, but there's still hurt feelings. Yeah. And it's also one of those things where like. <laughs> You, there's there's been murder and cover up involved. At what point do you decide to like, hey, we're going to go back to living like regular people at some point, right? Like, as that's where the world he's mm-hmm. living in. Like, Jesus Christ, why are you doing all this risky stuff? And she brings it back to like, well, yeah, I should have wore a ski mask and blackmailed everybody. But it's like that's a uh, okay, yes, crazy shit has happened. But are we going to get back to living as solid citizens? And it's just funny sure. because like clearly, I think Sean is not ready to do that. No, she is looking for something in her life that she has not found yet. And yep. I don't think she's going to find it chopping cucumbers with her daughter, but we'll see. And and and, and uh, her daughter chopping chopping cucumbers. Jeff Jeff's going to end up a rotisserie chicken by the end of the season, is all I'm saying. <laughs> okay. Yeah. They already got their the, 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 the cult of the feminine is already sharpening sharpening knives and cutting up phallic objects. Mm-hmm. It's it's all over for Jeff. It's all <laughs> over for Jeff. I'm telling run, you, Jeff, run. The cucumber theory is solid. Yeah, yeah. He better go find a be- a, a bed and breakfast himself. Hmm. All right. Lottie dresses up to go to the bank. Nat tries to get her keys so she can run the farmers market booth with Lisa. Which I don't know seemed like bullshit, but it turns out it was real. Uh, and Lottie gives her the keys. Yeah, clearly Nat has a ulterior interest in getting his keys. We don't even know by the mm-hmm. end of the episode what it is. We just know that she's got some doors that she wants to jiggle the handles on and open. Uh, yeah, last and- episode she was eyeing Lottie's cabin, so I assume she wants in there. We'll see. Yeah, and I, I really like the dance where it's like Nat's trying to pretend that she's taking an interest in Lisa and I think you're supposed to understand that Lottie is questioning Nat's loyalty, but knows because of the bullshit frame she's got here, the that that she has to kind of like has to kind of trust her. And then the twist of kind of Nat liking Lisa and them kind of bond, like the thing that the cover story that she said she was doing became the actual story. Uh, uh-huh. 
I just really, I just like, it's, there's so much subtext going on in all these scenes where it's like, there's a whole script that's not being said in addition to the main script. And I, <laughs> I think it's great. Yeah. I like the Lottie's seeing opportunities to get Nat more into her group here, more intertwined with them by, you know, putting her in situations with other members, you know? Okay. Maybe it's like at her Nat's suggestion, but also, you know, Nat's Nat's going to spend some time with her members and she's going to get a lot of their philosophy and then start to think about that stuff. So I think Lottie is like letting her ease herself into this cult life, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, she's very sly about how she does it. Very good at it. Yeah. All right. Ty isn't answering Misty's calls and her feelings are getting hurt. And they're driving out to Cherry Grove or whatever that town is. Uh, Walter tries to distract her with show tunes, but Misty gets angry because she thinks... He's a yellow jacket's obsessive. He insists he's not, and he flatters her, which seems to call Misty a bit, and then they put on some show tunes. What are what are the odds that Walter is a yellow jacket's obsessive? Uh I so I read some theories on Reddit that I kinda like. Okay. Um, that he could, you know, this Moriarty comment, the Moriarty comment is not as innocent as it seemed, (laughs) (laughs) which it didn't seem innocent at all. Last episode, uh, you can start to see breadcrumbs to a Walter who might be a yellow jackets obsessive and potentially is engineering situations here in the, uh, current day to get more information about them. Is this where we want to talk about the Magus or Mages? maybe because where it where the book actually appears doesn't hold much weight for me. Right, um, right, right, right. And it's it's also not the first time it's appeared. Apparently it's appeared already sure. in season one. This is the first time I like sat up and took notice of it. Um, so how does let's uh, let's start with this. How does the how does the Mage Magus? How does it tie into this theory to your understanding? Um, so the idea, the the I guess Cliff Notes version of the the Magus is that uh, it's essentially David Fincher's The Game, which is a guy is put through a game which is meant to psychologically, let's say, disorient him um, in hopes of teaching him something about himself. Um, it's kind of like a wonderful life, only demented. Sure, and try you know but it's similar kind of they're trying to sift the weight the, the worth of someone's soul yeah and it's all you know the the game itself is all this massive psychological manipulation to make you yeah. think that the world around you has gone mad and in turn you are going mad and that's kind of you know what you could see with some of these characters right i i think ty's an exception i think she might have some real shit going on but uh walter's in there just kind of injecting himself into this scenario and messing with the people involved. Yeah. And and the antagonist of the novel is said to be a Nazi collaborator during world war two. And I guess when these games start, the protagonist assumes that he is trying to tell something covert about his own, like uh, the, the Nazi collaborator sins and Mm -hmm. his guilty conscience. And the again, I haven't read this book. I probably need to. Um, 
it talks about that they're doing, you know, the, the, the things that he's doing is exposing him to like these plays and productions and they're compared to the works of the Marquis de Sade. They're described as obscene parodies of Greek myths, uh, reenactments of Nazi occupation and war crimes. And one of the things the protagonist does by the end of the novel is realize that these skits are more about or at least he starts to think that are more about his own life than they are about the Nazi collaborators. Mm-hmm. So the theory being that like there is some that that, that uh, this Moriarty figure has got some kind of pleasure or plan of Misty to kind of put her, you know, to kind of to may, to, to maybe even read to kidnap all of these yellow jackets and, and try to reenact the things that happened 25 slash 30 years ago, depending on whether Walter's talking or not. Yeah, so one of the the theories that I was reading on on Reddit was posted by Leech Therapist, and it talks about um, another book uh, called Remainder. Yes, Tom McCarthy, mm-hmm. and that one is about a millionaire who essentially like is the exact story of Walter here that he gives, where uh, a bunch of bricks or whatever fell on his head, and he got a big settlement, and now he is paying people to reenact memories from his own life. So if you kind of like synthesize those two ideas, the game uh, slash Magus here and, and remainder, you kind of come to something I could see with Walter. Like he's not reenacting memories of his own life. He wants to reenact what happened on the Island. I, I think that's an interesting possibility. Yeah. I think it's, there's, there's something to it. Um, mm-hmm. because because the Moriarty comment, right? Like, yeah, that is not innocent. You don't say I'm your Moriarty if you're not trying to fuck with somebody. Well, and I also getting very strong suspicions that you're supposed to understand that what Walter's doing to Misty here is the same thing that Misty did to uh, Jessica to fix her mm-hmm. last year. That she is telling her what she wants to hear. She's putting her at ease. She's letting he's let you know she's letting her uh, underestimate her and to think she's quirky and all this other stuff. And the fact that that Misty like she has so many like what the like like these um, very similar to like Lottie where she has a fear response where subconscious says you're gonna freeze up you gotta wake up right mm-hmm. like like these are jolts from Misty's brain of like this is not feeling right and like Walter's able to just kind of smooth them over none of them make any sense though I, I guess the guy the fact that the guy loves obscure show tunes that kind of checks out because you know yeah I, but there's I, I've known so, to so there's a, show. a there's a tell in that scene man um, which scene are we talking about this one about the uh huh okay, with the show okay. tunes he he whips out this this thing of show tunes and he's obviously got Misty's number right she loves show tunes mm-hmm. and she calls him on that and is like you're some obsessive and he claims he's not he just likes show tunes and then when Misty refuses to put on one of the show tunes he picks the one show tune out of that box that he knows she will absolutely not listen to and starts to put it in the player to force her to make a decision on the show tune so he knows her way better and 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 it's hard to tell with elijah wood he's such a good actor he's so he's got this subtle smile on his Mm -hmm. face the entire show really and you he never really breaks it so you can't tell if that is the moment where he's intentionally smiling slyly right right And, and i love that but to me like him picking the tape that he knows she will refuse to listen to is him tipping his hand 
that he actually did plan all this. Yeah. Uh, but it's also plausible because, you know, I, I could see a person that likes uh, Broadway musicals having Starlight Express, but also knowing that that is extreme. So do you know? Okay. I, I don't know. Starlight. There's not a tape it's in that literally, box except for Singing in the Rain that I've seen. I've never seen that. I've, I've heard a couple. I've heard a couple songs. I've never actually. Uh, I, I I've never actually seen this a production of this, and I've I was not aware of the plot, but I looked into it. This is an allusion to Starlight Express, which is as Misty says, essentially Cinderella, where all the characters are trains. And I watched like a ten minute um, excerpt from the stage play the musical and <laughs> the entire cast is wearing like these disco costumes and roller skates. The entire cast is roller skating because they're trains right. you see. And sure, sure. I'm like, this is the fucking stupidest thing I've ever seen. But that's exactly what I thought when I saw cats the first time. And it took me two or three kind of hate, ironic hate watches of cats before I'm like, God damn, this magic. Mr. Mistopheles is kind of a jam. You know what? I'm into okay. the skin, Skimble Shanks guy. Like, that's just a, that's lit. Cats is literally a play where various cats introduce themselves and tell you what their cat lives are. Just mundane cat lives for the most part. And at the end, one of like a vaguely magical cat decides which one of them gets to go up to heaven and get reincarnated. That is the plot to cats. So, like, I guess Starlight Express might be in that same category, but damn. It, it's wild so it's like did he really hmm. know misty that well or is it's like you know it's like you've probably got if you back in the 90s had a cd binder full of your cds and yeah, I'd put on papa roach and then they'd for you exactly to you know yeah. what i'm saying you know you know you know the track people be like ah fuck you got stone tipple pilots and and sound goblins and and these guys and you're you're gonna give me this papa roach business no uh-huh. no yeah, yeah no i'm putting on a vita instead Sure, sure. No, I know what you're saying. Yeah, it could just be a general. Any fan of show tunes would not want to hear Starlight Express, but or if you do suggest it and they're on with it, then you know your soulmates, right? It's like okay. you, you're either provoking them to, you know, tell them, tell them, tell them your your true preference, or you you found a soulmate for life. I, that's the thing is like I don't know whether he's doing this as an attraction, as an intellectual ex, ex, exercise. I, or, I get the impression that it's the latter that this uh, yeah. is something he's doing to amuse himself. But that would make it the it's kind of funny, but it's also perverse, and that's that would be the only mm-hmm. true thing that he said to Misty that I'm just doing this because I'm bored. Yeah, but I'm yeah, fucking it might with be. you. I don't know, um, man. How pissed is Misty going to be if he successfully pulls the wool over her eyes and then she realizes it? I, here's the thing. I don't know that he actually realizes who he's dealing with, right? I don't think he knows what happened in the woods. I don't think he knows Misty as well as he thinks he knows Misty. Mm. And that is a very dangerous game to play. He doesn't realize the fire he's playing with, I think. But we also have no idea who the fuck he is and what he's about. Like very true. Very he could true. have he could have been one of those wolf boys that got raised by wild animals and didn't learn to speak until he's thirteen and yeah, <laughs> is I mean, he hobby? Maybe he's Javi. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure Elijah Woods is Javi, actually. Uh-huh, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. That the bricks, the bricks just beat the Latino out of him. And uh, <laughs> right, right. Yeah. The reconstructive surgery left him <laughs> left him paler and different bone structured. Mm-hmm. 
No, uh, I I don't know. We'll see where that goes, but I, I really think you ought to be careful because Misty is no one to be trifled with, and he's no. trifled. No, I mean, that's the thing. It's so delicious. Like, God, I hope mm-hmm. Elijah lasts more than one season because, like, I kind of... I kind of I kind of want him to be like ultimate antagonist protagonist. And there's like several of those mm-hmm. pairings, right? You got Ty versus you, you got the I guess the triangle of Ty versus uh um Lottie versus Nat. Now you've got Misty with Walter. Um mm-hmm. yeah, it's I I I like it. Li- lots of conflict. For sure. All right, let's go back to 96. Uh Shauna busts into the cabin and claims someone stole some of the bear meat. No one fesses up. Uh, Mari accuses Coach Ben, and a bunch of arguments break out, one specifically about whether Lottie is the actual food provider of the group. And that suggests, you know, let's have a contest. Let's go out for a day, see who comes back with the most food, me or Lottie. It's very biblical, right? It reminds me of that uh, time when I can't remember if it was Elisha or Elijah or Samuel challenges the the false gods of Canaan to... Uh, to a god off, right? Like they're going to set up two mm, identical altars yeah. and uh, they're all going to pray their gods and whichever spontaneously combusts is going to be the, the, the official god of uh, the, the is- Israelite kingdom. Uh, it's just a good old fashioned faith, I guess, versus rationality. It's this mm-hmm. is this is as Jack Locke as you can get. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, it it kind of surprised me here to see coach like up and about and coherent and like i thought he was closer to death last episode than apparently he was see i if you'll recall i was a little bit more like i don't know about that because i i I thought he's a lot more psychologically damaged and again like a lot of the tone is of last week is like they're near starvation near starvation i think they're near starvation until Mm -hmm. they ate jackie it's just one of those things where it's because they still have the you know their larder is full of bear meat you know uh they they, they have other things they can eat yeah, they they have been rationing it. Like I, yeah. that that was like one of my things is like how they didn't do an amazing job of telling me they were super close to starving to death, but apparently uh-huh. they weren't. Um, they That's still what I'm saying. They're like left. they're a indeterminate amount of time before they actually run out of food, and then they're mm-hmm. probably two to three. Assuming they're like near starvation, they're like two to three weeks away from starving from that point. So it's like right. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I, don't I thought that coach. was getting to coach more. He he's kind of up and coherent and everything. So. so it seemed like what his distress was was primarily psychological. Which fair enough. You see a feral mm-hmm. pack of teenage girls <laughs> eat one of their own, and and again, you're a one legged man here. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And he's gonna slip back into it later this episode too. Oh yeah. Uh, all right. Current day, we're oh, writing wait. to. What do you make of the mystery of the the? Because there's lots of these mysteries adding up. Who is shitting in the mm-hmm. bucket? Who is stealing the bear meat? Ah, oh, who looks like a bucket shitter in that group? Honestly, the uh, Mary's mouse that she finds, I thought would be a good candidate for bear meat stealer, but like. <laughs> And unless this, this, this unless this mouse is just yeah sh- dropping deuces like dogs, I can't see that he could take credit for the the bucket. I don't think so. Maybe he's got a family to feed. You know, maybe they're all eating the bear meat. I I don't know. It still doesn't weigh the bucket. 
Oh yeah, well they all they all shit someone together. comes in and says, "Who put a bunch of black rice in the bucket?" Fair enough, but she's no. Mm. It's, it looks like a a, a human sized turd. So unless unless yeah. it's the kiwi of mice, and it you know the kiwi lays an egg as about as big as his body, I don't I don't see this mouse is doing it. What about Ty? Think she's getting up in the middle of the night, eating bear meat, and then shitting it into a bucket? <laughs> he makes honestly, she makes the most sense. Like she's the one that we know, yeah. but but also Van is like on top of her. Like how could she escape? Seems like it. Multiple evenings in a row from her containment without. So it's like that kind of makes her seem very not mm-hmm. a leading contender. Is it Shauna? Is she maybe dissociating a bit? I know, like Jack, the whole thing with well, Jackie was hard on thing. her, and she was disassociated. I mean, that's yeah. When you're hallucinating oh, yeah. your dead friend talking and all that, and you making her look good at makeup, even though she looks like Ronald McDonald, uh, that <laughs> she is... seemed to be aware of that stuff that she was doing it, but yeah. here she's very pissed. But in the moment, I don't know that she was. She would like snap to awareness of understanding what she was doing, like when the ear would break off or something. But I, I don't mm-hmm. know that in the moment minute by minute when she was talking that she understood that this is a coping mechanism or whatever. I, but it, it's, it's tough, you know, like it's, it's debatable. Like a lot of things on the show. Absolutely. All right, let's go to current day again. We're on the ride to the market. Matt raises a bunch of questions about how culty Lottie's compound seems. And Lisa defends Lottie's group. You can go out whenever you want, stay out for many, as many days as you want. What's culty about that, Aaron? I mean, that's the ultimate thing. It's like sometimes having rules where normal people would be like, you know, it's that's just the default, right? Like, yeah, of course like, you can if, go out and stay out. You can fucking leave forever if you want. But, th- but this is also because that's the thing. It's like first time through, I'm like fucking Lottie. I knew it. She's running some cult bullshit. These people don't have. And like the more I got to this, the more this seemed like a halfway house between like intensive inpatient care and like outpatient in, in, in care. Like if you got a hardcore mm-hmm. addiction or substance abuse or you're harming yourself, um, that this is kind of like something that you grab. And so it's like, it is, it isn't like you're free to go, free to go because you should be there. You're, you're getting treatment, but it's also not like you're forbid. You're still a free agent. You're not committed involuntarily. Um, I don't know. It's weird. It seems like it's rife for abuse to have kind of like some kind of unlicensed uh, amateur. But I, then again, I don't know. Maybe Lottie has gotten some professional qualifications. So the more I the more I learned about this cult, the more it seemed again maddingly like it's right on the line between something you could call. And again, when I say cult, I'm not talking about it. it's just wacky beliefs. I'm talking about it being a high control group about it mm-hmm. like you know restricting their their but but uh boy it's it's uh it's it's tough what what did you think how did you come down on it uh yeah i come down on like a light version a cult light um like the, the, she specifically says here like you can go out whenever you want you can stay out for as many days as you want and that's the, the the plain reading of that is, well, I could go for the rest of my days, right? I could leave forever and no one would have a problem with that. The in, the sort of implied thing there is you'll be back and we expect you to come back in a certain number of days. Don't stay out too long. Right. Come back to us. So otherwise you just say, yeah, you can leave whenever you like. 
Uh-huh. That's that's the way to phrase that that isn't like culty to me. Right. It's oh, you can stay out for as many days as you want. But you what will if I want to stay out for years? You will be back and we will kidnap you in a van if you potentially, yeah. But and then uh, if you're killing, you know, like going to kill your I, so that's Oh, it, yeah. I mean, it's different like the the way the knack came to it. But like I yeah, I very much found this as cult light these people are here they're probably here for good reason in some case they seem to want to be here um yeah i don't know the circumstances of their initiation into this because right i could see a future where nat wants to stay here but boy she sure didn't come to this honestly right um yeah and it reminded me of like when i got out of the workforce and i started doing podcasting about 10 10 year 10 ish years ago and the last the last job I had had one of these uh, unlimited vacation day policy, vacation policies, mm-hmm. which sounds really amazing when they're telling you about it. But in practice means you I took less vacation because we were right. kept so busy that it's kind of like, well, you know, and they always have a say, like, oh, was one go. You should talk to Ben. He took six weeks and hiked through to fucking uh, Nepal, the mountains of Nepal. And like, that's actually true. He did do that. But he also had worked like a four year nonstop 70 hour work week to get to that point. And when he finally finished a project, he took six weeks off and got right back, right back to it. Like, and then his workmates looked at him like, God damn it. You left us for it, six weeks here. Not pulling your weight you fucker exactly exactly yeah. so it's like and and i thought nat was wise to call that out that sounds like mm-hmm. uh, an illusion of freedom that gets you even more shackles of control on you 100 percent uh but you know it, it doesn't seem like there's any form of sort of excommunication it doesn't seem like those high control mechanisms are there right like if you can if you can go for as long as you want and come back and be welcome back and you don't have to atone mm. or grovel or undergo any kind of ton of punishment or like then then yeah that's starting to sound like less culty and more healthy but well oh, here's the other the other uh, negative yeah. the strike against this cult is when Lisa wants to stop by her mom's house, she says, oh, yeah, the guy who I usually travel yes. with doesn't doesn't allow us to go on any other stops. Right. Yes. And you wonder, is that like, oh, well, he just doesn't want to waste the time going there. Or is it something where he's been told and or he's like so far into this cult where he yeah. thinks it's a bad idea uh, to fraternize with outside people. But then and is this particular like. You know, like she's like, hey, I want to stop off and get a snow cone. He's like, no, we're only going through the farmer's market and back. Or it's like, hey, I just want to stop by and see my mom. And he's like, mm-hmm. yeah, that's a huge trigger for you. And the last three times you've talked to her, you've tried to kill yourself. So, like, no. And sure, there are better and worse the, ways it, to do that. Right. But. I don't know that any of those are like completely good. But but yeah, mm-hmm. you know, helping a person who doesn't have boundaries with their loved ones set those might be something healthy. I don't know. I'm not a psychologist. Uh, sure. And what I see of her mom in this episode isn't exactly pretty, encouraging, but pretty fucking bad. Again, it's like yeah. one of those things where it's like, uh, I was playing a, a, a tennis match in my mind about cult, you know, not mm-hmm. a cult cult. Not because like it just kept on changing <laughs> as the ball was hit back and forth over the sides of the net. Like that's the biggest thing this show has going for it is that that writing the line nature of pretty much everything. And you know, it's fair to point out that that's what Lost had going for it for a long damn time, too. Uh, that didn't turn out so well, so I hope they have a better ending in mind. But 
it worked beautifully to perfection with the leftovers. So it can be done. Fair. You, I don't know if it can be done if you're trying to do nine seasons open ended with no end in sight or in mind, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but it can be done. It can be done. All right. Lottie talks with a substitute therapist. She asks to upper meds because she's been having visions again. The therapist asks her to examine the visions rather than trying to push them away. Uh, Lottie is understandably resistant to that. Don't freeze to death. Come back to our coverage of Yellow Jackets. Commission podcasts are an awesome feature here at Bald Move that allows you, the individual listener, to decide what we talk about for a single podcast. The community loves it because it often leads to fun fan-favorite films and TV shows that we've overlooked getting the coverage they deserve. And we love it because we're constantly exposed to great stuff that's not even on our radar. The way it works is simple. You go to support.baldmove.com and you click on commissions. Then you pay the flat rate for the commission and tell us what two-ish hours of content you'd like us to make podcast on. Then we'll contact you for details, advanced feedback, and any dedications you'd like to make. Then we watch the thing, discuss the thing, turn it into a podcast, and pump it right into your ears. We get consistently great feedback on how much our commissioners love their podcast, and they make great gifts for the dedicated Bald Move fan in your life. And who knows, that dedicated fan could even be you. Treat yourself. Check out support.baldmove.com for more info. We try to make it super easy to support making podcasts at Bald Move. Just join the club. But some people aren't a joining type, or maybe they're already in the club but want to add a little bit of gratuity for an especially great season of coverage, or for a podcast that really spoke to them, or gave them that bit of support in a tough time. For these, and for whatever other reason you might have, our tip jar is always open. Head over to support.baldmove.com and click the donate option to say, hey, keep doing what you're doing. We appreciate it. Once again, check out support.baldmove.com for all the great ways to help me and Jim keep making the podcast you love. Ask the shrooms. We'll be right back. This doctor is terrible. <laughs> I had the same feeling, but I don't really know enough about therapy to understand I, why. I can't imagine a patient who has years of mental trauma and has had it con- controlled for years and comes in and is like, my visions are starting again. I think we need to up the dose. I can't imagine any psychologist or therapist with a working license would be like, have you considered listening to the delusions have Mm, you considered what the delusions might have to say like it's fucking crazy and like i got the idea that she's essentially refusing to adjust lottie's medication so Uh i i I noticed that there's some anger at people who are wanting to see that everyone is connected to everything that like oh the adam's avi theory and like every single time you introduce somebody oh it must be a schoolmate or something um Mm. but like if there is some outside agent trying to destabilize and engineer a situation where the yellow jacket start yellow jacketing again, mm-hmm. replacing. Cause the other thing is like, yeah, this, her doctor just went on a emergency sabbatical with no notice, but didn't call and tell his, but she wasn't scheduled that? for another couple months, right. To come back. Like she's been clockwork oh, for 20 wow, years yeah, yeah. and like why? And, and their appointment. So it's like, again, there are very, but like, I don't, 
this is the one where I feel like, no, nah, there's got to be something to this because that just didn't seem like any kind of good medical psychological advice. Which outside agent are you leaning toward? You think this is a Walter thing? Walter is the one that makes the most sense and seems like the most fun possibility. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I'm trying to think of also like who's got because you got to have resources to pull this shit off to hire fixers and to mm-hmm. get dossiers and to manipulate and to like like this. If, if you fully understand it, did he cause Jeff's financial distress somehow? You like so you like you'd have to have like a multi million dollar war chest to kind of fuck around with people like this. Like you and I couldn't, you know. Like I I could I could fill your house with ping pong balls. That's the level. All right. That's what mm-hmm. my bank account could do to psychologically fuck with you. Mm-hmm. I, I couldn't call get your doctor to go out of the country <laughs> and you know cut power to your house and you know I, I yeah i just feel like he's the one that makes the most sense and is the most fun possibility do you, do you totally. see any others um not that aren't like supernatural no like right dark now, Walter's the it, right right yeah if there is some like dark one force at work here that could also do it but yeah, yeah it seems could. like walter's the best option yeah and that's I mean, I got to be aware of my bias. My bias is definitely looking for the non supernatural in every one of these scenes, which is probably going to drive a lot of you people crazy. The 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 wants to see yeah. the supernatural, but again, coincidence, coincidence, coincidence. There's some yeah, crazy every, every shit. Every episode we get, I, I'm feeling more like uh, the show will probably go over into the supernatural eventually, and I. It, I, I won't I, I probably won't be able to like say this is the moment that it did because it will have already happened and they'll just explain mm. okay this is actually it's a supernatural right y- you're probably right yeah yeah I, I think that's the way the show is going to go but I really don't know um, so we'll see I'm still on that line alright 1996 Misty goes over the rules of the hunting contest Nat takes the only gun then they head out into the woods alone her and Lottie uh, Lottie finds a symbol on the tree but no food and Nat finds tracks and starts following them. Uh, I really like how petty Nat is about this because when they suggest a fairness of getting a gun, then she said it's also it's like, oh, because uh, there's oh Lottie's not a hunter. Oh, no, Lottie's better than a hunter. She's fucking magic. She's got God delivering food to her. Like you know, mm-hmm. why does she need a gun? I I love that. That's great. And also, I thought this episode did a really good job of sympathizing or humanizing Lottie to me. You know, like when she goes and tries to commune with the tree and the symbol and shuts her eyes and then she kind of opens and says, fuck, like she realizes, like, I think she realizes this is ridiculous, mm-hmm. but she also hasn't had her medication a long time and she is seeing things and food is being provided and people are being protected. So, yeah, the the thing I kept thinking is why is Lottie going along with this? And I... I and I'm not saying she shouldn't. I'm not saying I, I'm just trying to get in her mental state. Like, what does she think of herself right now? Does she think she's able to go out into this woods and call down food from the sky? Literally, does she think she has a chance of winning this competition? And if not, does she think that that will maybe, you know, further her agenda or See, if she I, even has one or or to keep them alive somehow by just participating in this thing? I I'm trying to get in her head because she says yeah, nothing yeah. during this entire thing. She's right. like, 
everybody's prepping this contest, giving rules. Nat's out there talking shit, and she's just dead silent the whole time with a look on her face. It's kind of like, I, I don't, I don't know about any of this, guys. What are we I doing? Think, I think you're right. But she doesn't I, voice any of it. I think that she has these, um, like all her life, have had these uh, paranoid delusions, um, and that like one time in her whole life, one of these paranoid delusions about this premonition that her parents were going to get hurt came true probably a big formative event for her now she's out in the the woods and seemingly there's all these coincidences and like again it's like i she's mentally ill i don't i don't know how to describe the agency and it's like you know mm-hmm. I, I know people say well it's like you know that's not an excuse for this that and the other which is true but like you're out in a wilderness situation and you can't get your hands on any kind of medication or therapy then like you're kind of going to be in the throes of what your yeah. brain chemistry is doing so like you talk about having her an agenda and stuff. I don't know that she has an agenda other than trying to react and make sense of the things that are happening to her. Mm-hmm. Uh, I definitely didn't feel like she's malevolent in this episode, um, which mm-hmm. I kind of was high suspicion before. I think she's genuine and thinking that all this yellow jacket shit that happened in the woods was a terrible thing. That was all, you know, her brain chemistry and things got out of hand and she never wants it to happen again. And also thinking that, like, you know, her genuine therapy that she's doing today is helpful and helping others and making pot. Like, she seems very, very genuinely proud of what she's built and she doesn't want to lose it. So, mm-hmm. but hell, we can find out she's got a dark Lottie, you know, that is, be, yeah. that's, that's doing all this. Because, like, you could say the same thing about Ty politically, that she mm-hmm. was trying to be this force for good and change things and blah, blah, blah. But she's got this thing that's dragging her and has this other agenda. So, I don't know, but I I think what we're seeing with Ty in and uh, and Lottie is that they both have some kind of either psychological issue or trauma that's caused some kind of brain thing that that's happening to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was just strange to me that um, Lottie seems so proactive in some of these scenes, like telling people how it is and what needs to happen and what she's trying to do. And then in other scenes like this one, she seems so go with the flow. So like laissez faire about everything. I wonder if she has like these, because like um, I've known friends. I've had a couple of good friends. I've had like by severe bipolar, uh, paranoid delusion Mm -hmm. type of complexes. And like, even in the throes of like mania, they'll have um, untreated mania. I should say they'll, they'll have like, you know, moments of like lucidity and clarity. Mm -hmm. Um, but like, and that's what I think it is. It's like she's doing like you'll uh, she's doing all these rituals. She's brewing tea that, you know, and doing all these things. And like she's being very bossy about it. But I guess like I wonder if Nat been like would said like when she offers her the tea, she's like, are you fucking crazy? Why am I going to drink this fucking boiled bark or shit? Like would like she snap to and be like, I like or she still be like this haughty. And and I've always assumed that she would. I always assumed that she believed her own bullshit. But it's mm-hmm. man, I don't know. This episode doesn't make it seem like that. Yeah, no, you're right. Um, yeah, the, the the you can't factor out this mental illness, right? It's it's I like the, going the re- to be with her right now. So so she's seeing this test as like valuable to herself as well, and she is not confident that she can pass it. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't know. It's 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 really interesting. All right, uh, let's move on to the current day again. Shauna runs into the mother of Callie's friend, I think, who says, ah, actually, she hasn't been sleeping over at our house. And Shauna goes through her daughter's room and finds the partially burnt photo of Adam. Uh, oh, and then, you know, this is kind of 
obviously connected. Callie's texting with Jay about meeting up, and then Shauna drives up and invites her to go have some fun. Yeah, I don't. Uh, I I mean, I I don't know. I, it's uh, it's funny because like I used to be a teenager that snuck around a little bit, and you never know when your web of lies is going to be exposed by an errant remark or a parent talking to another parent and then putting two and two together. But sure. I felt for Callie on this as she's like, you know, uh, had had no idea mom's going to bump into her at Target or whatever, uh, mm-hmm. and then uh, but. But but yeah, I, I don't have much to say about these scenes. Uh, I think it's going to get super interesting here next episode when, it, you know, now that Callie knows about everything, is she still going to meet up with Jay? Because she doesn't, she doesn't know that Jay is a cop. She's been meeting up with him apparently and drinking in a park. Which my fucking god, this cop needs to be thrown off a cliff. What oh, what a piece J- of shit! J- that's the cop she's been meeting up with. Well, she's texting him about meeting tonight. Yeah, at seven. At, oh shit! At, He's at doing somewhere. this is some yeah. real Americans type shit. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's fucked up, man. I don't. There's a sixteen year old girl. He's getting her drunk in the park at night, Ooh. like, and presumably just trying to get information from her. But who knows what else? Um, okay, I did not. I did not put two and two together that that was the friend. Um, I, shit. I believe so. So so what happens, you know, now that this she's seems... kind of in on the family transgressions here? Is she going to stop meeting with Jay? Is she going to confide in him the new information she has? Like, it, it's well, going to get real interesting next episode. Now that you said that, I now have a prediction that I'm going to put 50 internet points behind. All right. The cops are going to have Shauna and Jeff dead to rights at this murder thing. And they're going to be backed the fuck off by this inappropriate relationship that this cop is having with their daughter. And mm-hmm. Callie's going to aid and abet that she's going to like really turn on the jets and get him on the compromising thing. And that's it's going to. All right. I mean, yeah. So, like what? How could you make a case when the investigator is trying to seduce the person's daughter? Right. Like that's right, like fruits. Fruits of the fucked up poisonous tree right there. Uh-huh. Absolutely. So I, I feel because like I, I, I keep on watching. I'm like, they're, how are they going to get out of this? How are they going to get out of this? They're just bad That's at crime, uh, as mm-hmm. Shauna says. And there's just so much evidence, circumstantial, uh, motive, physical that's going to link them. But like this, this cra- even his partner saying this is crazy, dude. You shouldn't do this. It's got to yeah. be their get out of jail free card. I think you're right. Uh, all right, let's move on to Misty asking why Walter doesn't have to work. And he says, oh, I'm a millionaire from an accident settlement. Uh, a bunch of shit fell on my head, <laughs> which I love the the idea that like, oh, maybe Walter just has brain damage and he's doing all this stuff because he's he's his brain's not working right. Mm-hmm. Um, then she asked the waitress about the cult and the waitress tells Misty they're at the farmer's market every Tuesday, which is today. Yeah, I do like that line. Like, this is a small town. They're of course they're going to know where the cult is because of course they would. You know, yeah. you you, you yeah. stop in any diner in our hometown of Mooresville and say, "Hey, where's the weird Joppa church at?" Everyone can any any waiter, waitress, line cook mm-hmm. will tell you. Oh yeah, you just go down. Um, and we're not we weren't even wearing like the distinctive purple stuff. We were just wearing suits and shit. So. Right, right. I I I thought that was really funny. Um. But this uh, clearly is a bullshit story. Like, look, 
I, I, I don't think there's enough plastic surgery in the world mm-hmm. to make scaffolding dropping a load of bricks on your head to the tune of six mm-hmm. million in damage uh, make you look like Elijah Woods at the end of the day. Like you yeah. would have like a metal, you would have scars and your face, you, 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 you would have visible signs of trauma, right? I, I would think almost certainly. But I don't know. I don't know. Freakish things have happened, man. People get people get railroad spikes through the head and somehow live. Uh, Maybe if like it all just hit him in the back of the head and it's a depressed skull fracture and like a glancing and, blow, sure. And they just peel it like all the scars are under his scalp and under his hair. Hair like, transplants, yeah. Maybe, but also you think that Misty could prove like she'd be like, well, then show me your if you got a oh you got a metal plate in your arm, and then show me the circular incision saw, uh, scar or whatever, and he could feel yeah. like. But she's just like all these what seemingly obvious lies. Uh, she just it just instantly puts her to sleep. Yeah, I mean he's got one thing going for for his lie here is that eggs and ham with syrup and mustard is. <laughs> A dish that only a brain damaged person could love. So, yeah. you know, I was I was with it. I'm like, all right, mm-hmm. you, this is like this is a breakfast fucking sandwich, man. Using meat for bread. I'm liking this up until the mustard came <laughs> the out. Mustard. And then because yeah. I'm like, yeah, ham. Good. Eggs. Mm-hmm. Good. Syrup. All right. Mustard. What the fuck? Uh, <laughs> you, did, so. The thing is, is put is, on. Is he trying to, to to be weird here for weird sake? I don't. I don't know. And the other thing I want to talk to you about is like he seemed to be genuinely moving to his phone to offer to show her. But that's oh, also like a seventh Dan black belt manipulation tactic mm-hmm. to like when a a person that's in your life is starting to like suspect you of something to just offer to like well pff, i'll just prove it right now and start going through the motions of your phone and relying on the social convention of the other person to be put mm-hmm. off by the fact that like oh i'm making a false accusation i don't want to seem like oh okay it's, it's like that's like mm. but she should know that right sure and i hmm. i mean it all comes back to how well he knows misty i guess and he's got to know that she's socially unconventional Oh, I think, he lot, know, I think he's the, got like cameras in her house. Know her. Yeah. Knows so every financial like transition she's made or transaction she's made. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe she does know because like she gets angry when he pulls out his phone and starts. She just angrily goes and grabs the waitress and does the thing that she wanted to do. And he didn't. So maybe that's mm-hmm. a sign. And also, like, I also try to keep in the mind of, of, of playing both sides here that like I was this close to thinking Misty had gotten duped by that Jessica, the fixer, until yeah. the cigarette flashback. And I'm like, ah, so like the show might be having Misty letting Walter think that he has her Buffalo just so she's because she's playing the game even harder. So but then the show could also be letting us think Dude. that Misty thinks that he thinks that she has a buffaloed and then it turns out he's Moriarty. Right. Yeah, no. And I, he I'm, wanted her to think that all along. Look, I, I'm loving the show, but I, I also get a steady stream of feedback where I'm. Cl- it's clearly that the 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 a lot of the audience members feels like they're uh, Wesley, and they're sitting across the table from uh uh, uh what is it? Fet, uh, the, 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 who, who's the guy, the Princess Bride? That just like. 
you know, uh, with the glasses and the with the glasses, where it's like, oh, mm-hmm. I, you, you, I only think you only think that I want you to think that it's like at some point, like, <laughs> totally. damn, tell a story because uh-huh. yeah, it does feel like with the showrunners, we are, uh, you only picked that cup because you didn't know that I and like, oh my my, but I, I, I think this is very entertaining. I don't know how sustainable it is, but so far so good. Yeah, it's like um. <laughs> It's like Coach Beard trying to describe why they're playing a certain defense against Nate in the latest season of Ted Lasso, right? Yeah, yeah, that is also a pop culture reference. <laughs> That's a pop culture it. reference, everybody. Uh, <laughs> all right, let's move on to Thaisa. She's still walking. Uh, truck stops to pick her up, and the driver seems decent, so she gets in. Does he seem too decent, Aaron? Is That's this- the thing. <laughs> That's the thing. What's the odds mm. that uh Wait a second. She's 3 hours from Corbin, Ohio. She was mm-hmm. running as a state senator in New York, right? Uh-huh. How the fuck did this guy vote for her? Oh, he's a long-distance truck driver, so I guess that could check out. That's quite the coincidence though, man. It is pretty I guess, coincidental. I guess you're on the route, you're on like the thoroughfare between yeah, Sure. Yeah, maybe, but it's yeah. it's a coincidence. So he's got a he's got a daily haul where he goes to Indianapolis, Crossroads of America, back to Hoboken or mm-hmm. something. I, I don't know. Yeah, maybe I don't know. It does seem coincidental, but and we know that Walter is manipulating something. So why not everything? Yeah, yeah. Uh, what did you make of the trucker's nudie pin? Was that just? A, a I mean, way to break the ice, so you assume that they just had a a good old time on the way over there. Or? Yeah, everything turned out fine. Taisa gets out of that truck, no worse for wear. Guy seems like a decent guy. No, and there's no, no there's no goodbye or nothing. Like it's it does seem like the trucker chapter is just closed. It's, mm-hmm. it's 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 weird. Yeah. All right, let's go back to 1996. Mari is hearing dripping noises again and goes to investigate. Uh, she asks, I, I think it's Akila mm-hmm. who is studying for the SATs to go with her. And Akila finds a mouse in the pantry. I like where Akila's head's at. Like, you know, the second we get back, we're going to be three months late for this test and going to have to do it. And I'm not going to miss out on college because of all this cannibalism and shit. Like she's got, mm-hmm. she's focused on the prize. Um, I, I do think that. Uh, what do you think about this, Miss Mr. Jangles that she's finding? There's like out of the Green Mile. Uh, why is she being mm-hmm. so secretive about this mouse? Is it because she's afraid people? I think eat she it? doesn't want them to eat it. Yeah, there's I no really fucking way people would eat a mouse, right? It's just not enough meat to make it worth it, right? But maybe psychologically, it's like one of those things where it's like when sailors start drinking seawater, like they know it's bad, but like they're so fucking thirsty. Mm-hmm. Um, so like maybe you would just like you're but you're so fucking hungry that your body just like you just put the mouse a live mouse in your mouth, chew it up and swallow it just because it's something in your belly. Maybe yeah. not only they're there now, but like you don't want to start hiding your mouse when everyone gets to that level, right? You just want to start. Is this gonna be troublesome for her later? Because if they find this mouse in her pocket, she might get accused of the other things like the bucket shitting and I don't know about the, I don't know how a mouse thievery. in your pocket makes you shit in a bucket but the bear meat for sure yeah that's what I'm wondering but, I, but they'll blame everything on her right like 
Yeah. Well, if you're dishonest about this and you're dishonest about the bucket sure. shitting. And like, and- that's the other thing is like some of these gals are not as rational. Like I thought Mary was, right. or Mari was um, pretty down on the rationality this entire episode. Like she's quick mm-hmm. to ascribe supernatural to coincidence. She's quick to believe in the cult of uh, Lottie. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I got to say, because like it let, logically, like, so what if someone's feeding the mouse? Like how much... Sure. What fraction of a human ration is a mouse consuming per day, right? Mm-hmm. But like, I could see, Mar- I could see Mari doing that. Yeah, we'll see. All right, Lottie finds the bear heart shrine that she made earlier, I think, uh, and makes an offering of her blood to it. Nat finds something in the frozen lake, but we don't see what it is yet. Uh, we'll talk about that more when we get there. Uh, current day, Lisa and Nat stop at Lisa's mom's house. Her uh, mom seems to be pretty against her being in Lottie's cult and asks Nat to leave so she can talk to her daughter alone. Does she call Gilly the 14th because this is the 14th goldfish she's had in her entire life? Uh, maybe. Hadn't thought of it. So I think she's like... You know, we talked about her being like wilderness baby age, although I got to say I'm taking the wilderness baby theory out of contention because this just seems to blow it out of the water. Right. I assume. Yeah. I mean, unless we find out I she mean, was she adopted. Could be adopted when oh, she was right. a year and a half old or whatever a year old, hmm. I suppose. I, yeah. I don't know. I was looking at the cult red flags here, uh, like not wanting to tell Lottie that you saw your mom. Huge right. red flag. Um, th- this idea of like, oh, well, the anchors are at the compound, not, not out in the real world. Uh, that's a control mechanism. Oh, for sure. It actually reminded so. me that uh, you know, there's like that line in 1984 where it's like, uh, there was there was nothing, there was no rule against keeping a diary, but everyone knew that if you did and it was found, it'd be punishable by death. Right? It's like, <sighs> sure. There's no rule about it stopping at my mom's, but just don't tell Lottie, right? You know, she'll get mm-hmm. upset. She wonder, but like, also, it makes a lot of sense that like Lottie would be concerned that she went to go talk to her mom because her mom is obviously sure. a huge trigger for her and bad for her mental health. Yeah. So like trouble, like you know, you are getting locked in a cell and not fe- and, and fed gruel for three days, or like trouble, like you know, I'm really worried about you making healthy decisions and keeping your boundaries with your family, and mm-hmm. you know, like. What are we talking about here? Yeah, if your family is the thing that is bad for you, then not wanting you to see your family is not necessarily a bad thing. Yeah, uh, for sure. But no, it's it's also borderline icky. Anyway, mm-hmm. uh, Shauna drives Callie out to the middle of nowhere and asks her what she's been lying about. And Callie flips it on her and asks her if she kills Adam, uh, killed Adam. And she admits to it, also tells her her dad was a blackmailer. She unloads everything on her. Um, she also says she, they did things in the wilderness that she's really ashamed of, but leaves it at that for now. And it's all a lot for Callie to process, but she promises not to tell anyone. What do you think of her changing the single person to the collective pronoun from I to we? Mm, When she's talking about the bad things they did in the wilderness. Um, because I, I think it's it would be fair mm. to say that Shauna might feel respons- responsible for the way that Jackie got eaten because it was her mm-hmm. kind of bizarre behavior that led to that event happening. Um, 
And I think it's a big theory that like Shauna is like the head butcher or throat slitter of the girls, you know, just from what she said and from like what people are suspecting is the makeup of the different people in the intro scene, you know, the, the pit and, girl and she scene. is kind of the, the general butcher for the group with animal meat, right? Yeah. And it felt like when she said I, and then she changed the we, she feels a lot more individual responsibility, which could just be guilt, yeah. you know, could be. You know, mm-hmm. there's no there's no uh, there behind that reason. But I thought it was interesting. Yeah. And, and with all of these things where I'm like, OK, I'm, I'm trying to piece together what they're saying with what I've already seen. We have so much yet to be seen that I'm not sure if she's speaking of something that she's done now uh, mm-hmm. already that we've seen or if it's something to come and it's going to be even more transgressive. I don't know how you get there from here, but who knows, man? This scene also, I just thought it was really funny, too. Like, uh, mm-hmm. Shauna is trying to explain, like, what happens. Like, well, you know, Adam was blackmailing us, and uh, you wait. Oh, fuck, no. He actually wasn't the one to black. It's actually your dad. <laughs> just the way she had to mm-hmm. tell this convoluted thing. And Callie's yeah, face during the whole wild. thing. It's 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 pretty. It, I thought it was pretty funny. Yeah, and like I said, this has a potential to blow up in her face because she doesn't know that her daughter is perhaps literally sleeping with the enemy here, the cops. Right. Uh, we'll see. Does her daughter even know? I don't think she knows this no. Jay is a cop either. So she could, if she really trusts him, she might trust him with this bombshell. And then, but yeah, like I mean, said, Callie's the kind of girl who would light him up if she knew he was a cop, right? Probably like you're trying to seduce me with drinks in a park at night. I'm an underage girl. Like she would destroy his life if she knew yeah. that. I think. I think. I think she's 16. Like I don't even know if she has uh-huh. her driver's license yet. Um, no, she's 16. That's, so yeah, yeah like she, I don't know how what I yeah this cop you can't you can't get a 16 year old <laughs> drunk and get a confession out of her dude. No, it doesn't stand up in court. I hate to tell him. No, I don't think it does. I don't think it does. All right. Back in 96, Van shows Thais the map she's been making of the symbol trees. Uh, it's in the shape of a symbol itself, but Thais refuses to agree with her conclusions. If Van is right, there should be another tree with a symbol in a specific spot. And Van asked Thais to come look for it with her. I mean, I, 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 like I said, it turns out Van is on to something here. Um, if you want to believe it all, it's coincidences. But like also from Ty's perspective, this is identical to like the Charlie meme from All Be Sunny where he's got <laughs> okay, the, yeah. you know, uh-huh. like you took a bunch of pins on a map and arbitrarily drew lines with yarn and it kind of sort of looks like the symbol. Mm-hmm. But also like it. It does. Does it bother you a little bit about how pigheaded Ty is about seeing any like anything from Van's perspective? Oh, sure. Yeah. Especially the condition that she has and all the things that she like. Why is she so resistant to at least seeing Van's side? Like, I look, I I think it's a coincidence, but I see what you're saying. I think she's scared. I think she's scared because of her own personal involvement in this. Yeah. I think like she's a very rational person, doesn't want to believe that any of this could be true, but that she's directly involved. Like she, she's out there at night, sleepwalking, finding these symbols. I think she's terrified that she could be more deeply in this than she wants to be. I can see myself being Ty, like because mm-hmm. I'm pretty convinced, you know, committed to the secular lifestyle, and if like. 
you know, like I had a Kevin Garvey situation in Leftovers where like all these things that are like happening to me and they seem kind of miraculous and everyone's wanting to ascribe them to something and I'm still trying to maintain my rationality. I can see that would just be uh, maddening. That'd just be like... Yeah, for sure. Just a profoundly frustrating experience. So, so maybe it does make sense, but... Yeah, I feel bad for Van because, again, these these are mm-hmm. just like 17-year-old girls. You know, they haven't had a huge amount of life experience and 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 practice and critical thinking. So, yeah, there's already been enough that like the average person would probably already start worshiping a cult, right? <laughs> you know, <laughs> sure. The second Lottie killed a bear with a knife because it came up to her and submitted like that, that'd probably do it for most people. Mm hmm. And then uh, another quick thing here. Coach flashes back to finding a box of his boyfriend's sentimental things. Uh, apparently, Ben doesn't have one of those boxes. And his boyfriend says it's the past and Ben is his future, which uh, we know there's no future for Ben. Poor Coach Ben. He's going to get eaten alive by these girls. There's maybe alive. We'll see. So I, I, I took it that like Coach Ben just doesn't have a lot of experience in relationships. It's not uh-huh. that he is is doesn't keep a trophy box or whatever or a memory box. It's just that he doesn't have those memories. Um, I think you're right. Yeah, which is interesting gloss for his character. But I do wonder why are we seeing this? Like what? Me like, too. This feels more to me like The Walking Dead, where they give a character some backstory right before they kill them. I mean, this is a lot I better than Walking not. Dead because we're talking about oh, like totally. several episodes worth of, of of of. But but yeah, it's like are they just fattening up the calf so we feel bad when he's slaughtered, or is there right going to be something that really ties this in, particular to his predicament or plight out here? I don't know. I don't know. It feels like well, the guy can't do much but sit in bed because he's got one missing leg so let's just give him like these memories to sift through yeah like because we gotta get we gotta do something with him we can't eat him yet right but we can't let no, him just sit there and do nothing so there's not there's no ju- there's no juice in the squeeze we gotta juice him up yeah so we'll see maybe it'll connect maybe it'll be important later but so far it's just like nice little character interludes i guess yeah we need to hide this body we'll be back right after this You've been listening to quite a few Bald Move podcasts now, but you're not in the club? Whoo boy, you are missing out. Not only are all of our premium club podcast feeds completely ad-free, but we have lots of other great content exclusively for people in the club. There's a weekly lunch with Jim and Aaron where we chat with fans about anything and everything from TV and films, food, fun, life advice, and more. But there's also Off the Clock, our premium podcast where we talk about all the shows we don't have time for on our public feeds. Plus, you get access to our full spoiler-filled first-run movie reviews of our newly released films. Don't forget Instant Take and Talk Podcast, where we give our hot takes and discuss television shows with our fans live and immediately after the episode airs. With mega shows like House of the Dragon coming this summer, we're going to have lots to talk about. Not to mention access to our fun and friendly community of club members, with exclusive Discord channels and a dedicated forum. It's one of the best places on the internet to hang out and chat about pop culture. Bottom line, you're helping two regular type guys in the Midwest make the content you like to listen to, which some would say is rewarding to itself. Help keep the lights on and the bits flowing at Bald Move. And get some awesome content for yourself. Head to support.baldmove.com to join the club today. 
think the lady in the tree is watching you. Welcome back to more Yellow Jackets. Uh, we go to current day again. Lisa continues arguing with her mother, who's being pretty shitty over her wanting to take her pet goldfish to the compound. Nat tries to jump into the argument uh, to defend Lisa, but she doesn't want her help. And then Lisa apologizes once they get back to the car. And Nat has stolen her goldfish and spits it into a bottle of water. <laughs> her face after she spits she, this goldfish, man. She's she Lewis, awesome. man. She is mm-hmm. on one. This whole episode with love her it. face, her faces, it's great. I love it. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, yeah, this is like I, I see both sides of this. Like, you really should let people fight their own fights, but also like a person like Nat, I could see it being very hard. I would find it very hard mm-hmm. to sit in a room where someone's parents is just going at him hammered. Like, that's pretty hideous. Be like, you can't take this fish. Why you don't think I can take care of a mom? No, I think you'll kill yourself, and then the fish will starve. Like. But also, her daughter seems like she's been abducted in the purple people cult. And her daughter's got suicidal mental ideation problems. And she loves her and she thinks this is crazy. So it's like, again, this whole fucking episode, I am torn in two between what to think about some of these scenes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, me too. I kind of like this scene from a, a Nat perspective. Um Nat seems like the adult version of Nat seems to not really give a shit about anything. Mm-hmm. And that was not true of the teen Nat. Right. Teen Nat actually cared about stuff. And I find it interesting to see how much she has changed as a person since that incident. Um, and what really caused that change? Because so far, teen Nat still cares very much about things, right? She cares about Travis. She cares about getting them back to civilization alive she cares about rationality and a lot of stuff whereas adult Nat seems to just not care about anything she's just kind of floating through life like fuck it all well I think it's that um, young Nat had things that she was afraid to lose she had her whole life ahead of her she had Travis she had friends you know she had like a a prospects I think adult Nat literally doesn't even care she loses her own life and mm-hmm. that gives one a certain devil may care attitude about things because fuck it. You know, yeah. most of the things you get upset are about things you're afraid to lose or losses or pay. Nat's above all that. That's what and I that's think. That's why is going I like on. this scene because she's jumping in here to defend somebody. Yes. Um, who she sees as being taken advantage of, not taken advantage of, but like uh, harmed here. Well, and that had terrible showing parents. sparks of, of caring again, right? But about then we something. know. Nat had terrible parents. She had that shooting her father. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. So, like, uh, I can see it being super triggering to see some other young person going through parents that are, like, you know, dragging, seemingly dragging you down. And I do wonder if this is all, like, part of Lottie's plan, right, for Nat. Is she is she the hero who's jumping in to try and save Nat uh, from killing herself, or is she the person who saw that as an opportunity to convert Nat to her own cause. <laughs> and she's doing that via these subtle manipulation tactics of just placing her with Lisa. Yeah. Who she knows will have an interaction with her mother who will trigger Nat, who will get her to care about this cult member and thereby be further entrenched in the cult. I, I don't know. I don't know how crafty Lottie is. Yeah. Like I, man, I feel like you and I have gotten two different like I, I have a hard time ascribing Lottie the word crafty at this point. But like mm-hmm. you still are a lot more open to her being 
I guess, manipulative and, and maybe, maybe from a good, maybe, are you, you think it's like, do you think Lottie is a potential of being like evil? Less and less the more I see. When when she was being possessed by some spirit potentially uh, in the cabin and speaking in French tongues and shit, I was like, oh, Lottie could just be the devil here. Um, well, so like I would say that like uh, let's 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 for let's rephrase the question. If she's acting under the influence of evil spirits or mental illness, mm-hmm. I would say she's not evil. I would say that something is compelling her to do it in the same way that like when Data gets hijacked by a non-corporeal spirit in Enterprise and hijacks everybody and they're like he's not court-martialed, right? Mm-hmm. Um, at the end of that because he wasn't responsible for his actions. So, like, I guess, like, do you think that, like, because um, I keep on, the way you phrase things, it makes me feel, feel like that you think that Lottie is intentionally doing some of this fucky shit. Do you think that's on the table? It's possible. I think it's okay. possible, yeah. Um, I, I don't want to rule anything out about her because I don't feel like we have enough information quite yet. It's really hard for me to square that with, like, her demeanor inside the therapist office and, like, when she mm-hmm. sees, like, her visions coming back and whatnot. But, like, it's, you're right, it's But possible. the fact that she's monitoring that, like, I, I mean, well, she might not be monitoring. She might just had a vision, right? Like. True. The, there, there's, there's stuff around the edges of Lottie's behavior that yes. strikes me as dangerous, um, harmful to people, potentially. Okay. And that is where I go. I don't know if she's altruistic um or if she is if she knows that she's created a cult here and she's exploiting that it's hard to tell so all right i can get with that we'll see all right misty asks about the purple people at the farmer's market and they're not sure uh no sorry they're not there um because obviously nat and lisa were supposed to be going to the farmer's market but they took a detour um and she asks where their compound is. She gets that info, but Walter thinks it's a good idea to wait until the morning to go out there. And Misty agrees with him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, who? So, so is, I, I was a little confused by this. Did somebody else come and set up their booth or because they weren't there, somebody took their booth? No, this is the booth space. that's right next door to the empty booth. Which I'm surprised okay. they didn't show as an establishing okay. shot, but like, right. yeah, that's what you're like. And, and she knows because like, yeah, the cult usually sets up shop again. Yeah, next door. Mm-hmm. But um, okay, yeah. well that answers that. And I don't know. Like it seems like yeah, Misty wants to follow up right now because she knows her friend's been kidnapped, and Walter's like, ah, oh, just stay. But you know, that also seems pretty reasonable. Mm-hmm. You know, if this is a malevolent cult, so. do you want to storm at two people in the middle of the night, or do you want to show up in broad daylight? You know, like yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we go to 1996 again. Nat busts into the cabin and says she found a moose frozen in the lake. Mari thinks uh, everyone helping to gather it would violate the contest rules, but everyone tells her to fuck off because it's food. <laughs> Thank goodness. Uh, Mari and Akilah wonder if it's... She's, yeah, she's, she just wants she's Lottie lost to be right. Yeah, well, if you know she's what, that's the great thing about supernatural and... forces. You don't have to like hope you're right. Like if they're if right. you're right, then they'll take care of it. You know. Mm-hmm. Anyway, yeah. So Mari and Akila wonder if Lottie's okay, and they'll they'll go out and look for her. I I can't remember if that's explicit in this episode. No, but they, I, I do think this episode later. was a little tightly yet. Like I I do think it's an establishing yeah. shot at the farmers market. So like some of these feel like ooh they were this this needed to be two or three minutes longer maybe but yep just uh, just a couple of little shots yeah. in there yeah so, um, so some things missing 
And Lottie finds the plane that exploded when Laura Lee went for help, including the bear and the necklace. And it starts to get really weird from there. She opens a hatch in it and climbs down, finds herself in a shopping mall. And she sees the other yellow jackets chowing down the food court. And then she sits down to eat, but her teammates tell her that she needs to get warm or she's going to die. And then she comes to in a snow covered clearing. Yeah, I thought it was interesting that Laura Lee, who had been kind to her and had helped her, was seen as this beneficent character. That Nat, who, you know, Lottie sees as maybe in opposition to her, was making these catty comments about, you know, not having the money never stopped you from getting something before. Which I, is that a new implication that, that Lottie had uh, shoplifted a bunch before? I don't recall hearing that. In her troubled yeah. youth. Um, Mm-hmm. But I, I thought that was kind of interesting. I had I had such a whiplash of emotions. Like when she found the plane, I'm like, fuck, Jim's right. There's some kind of time loop. What the fuck? <laughs> and then when the latch opened, I'm like, oh, my God, it's the worst of the lost shit happening. <laughs> and pops out. Hey, brother. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then and then we got to the I started to relax when we got to the mall. I'm like, OK, clearly this is not happening. This is a yeah, delusion yeah. that's like, OK, this this is making this is making a lot more sense. But uh, totally. Yeah, she narrowly avoids. Well, I mean, that's the thing. It's like uh, Laura Lee saving her doesn't do shit. Uh, I mm-hmm. kind of I, I, I was curious about what you thought about that, because. um, Yeah. What, what, why? Oh, I, I mean, it's this is easily explained as just a subconscious thing that's happening in her brain, right? Like she but, sees Laura Lee there telling her that she's freezing to death, but it's not, yeah, really Laura Lee. It's not even a vision, it's just her own brain telling her, You're dying. Uh, so get to safety. But narratively, what purpose did that serve? Because she doesn't save herself, so she could just be deep in the delusion, freezing to death, and her friends come to carry her back in the cabin. Mm-hmm. But I guess it definitively says it's like as if that had happened, maybe we would wonder like, well, maybe she did. You know, there's some reality. There is a time vortex or something. And but since we saw her like come to and they found her at the flight, like they it was identified. Mm-hmm. We find out later. It's like, yeah, we found her at the old clearing where the hunter kept his plane. So mm-hmm. we know none of that was real. So I guess there's there's use there's there's utility there. Yeah, yeah, definitely. There's utility. I'm trying to parse what it means to Lottie because like it's it's this person who's dead who I I don't think she was really involved in Laura Lee's death right I don't think she was like encouraging Laura Lee to go out there and do it that was just something I don't think she hexed the bear or anything like that no I think she she really was attached to Laura Lee yeah so it's somebody that she thought fondly of was a teammate and is warning her uh, that she's about to die here while the rest of the team just kind of laughs, right? Like they're they're not really helping her in this moment. At least I don't yeah. remember them. It was like, more Laura Lee. Yeah, isn't, and voice. Nat in particular was the one I think that was being scornful. Or maybe maybe Van is the one that said that about you. You never stop you from taking a, mm-hmm. something that didn't belong to you before. I don't know. Yeah, so I don't know. Maybe she saw like Laura Lee's spiritual connection and and really like latched on to that. So now she's seeing her as like some kind of spiritual protector here. Was Laura Lee behind a little bit of Lottie's spiritual awakening too? I thought so. Yeah. Okay. I did too. Did, did, did she baptize her? Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. And then in in the water, she sees like the sunlight, but then it turns all dark and it's terrible. Yeah. And I also like I noticed that in her altar, she has like a cross as amongst all the other artifacts and candles and stuff. So like there is some kind of like Christian bent to the proto cult that's that's happening. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I think that that Laura Lee could be a very um, formative figure in in this this whole thing, even in death. Yeah, it could just be the it's trying to tell us Lottie believes she's guided by God here mm-hmm. uh, with Laura Lee as that stand in. But I don't know. We'll see. I really love the version of the theme song they're playing here. It's got like this choir. It starts out real low key and only kind of you know, barely has the the melody this, of the song this and then music, it builds and builds so good and like the like right when they start chipping the moose out of the water this this insane choral chanting yeah. and the high pitched and like uh just just crazy tonality that they're they're doing with this uh mm-hmm. yeah it, it, it like raised the hair in the back of my neck it's it's very very good for sure. Uh, yeah, let's talk about that. The team digs the moose out of the ice, but it sinks into the depths of the lake, and Nat gets a face full of icy water. Uh, I was worried one of them was going to get pulled in. Me uh, too, man. First of all, I was worried that, well, I mean, exactly what happened would happen is there's no way you're dragging this fucking moose out of this lake. At, I, at least not at the angle, not with the hole you've made. Yeah, they should have really thought things through a bit more. Uh, yeah. Because you only get one chance like, at this, and these things weigh like a thousand pounds, and it's gonna uh-huh. not be that heavy in the water. But woo. the more you drag on to shore here, the less easy it's gonna get to drag the rest of it. Yeah, yeah. But what if I mean it's a it's a it's a tantalizing find because essentially it's a deep frozen moose. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if they could, you know, it's it's probably fresh, right? Like. At least what as fresh as the average teenager that's been frozen for a couple weeks. So. <laughs> sure, yeah. Uh, let me ask you this. What does it mean for Nat? Because Nat, if you recall, is the one who like saw this moose first. And it was unclear if it was a real moose or if it mm. was a figment of her imagination. It charged her in the plane. She couldn't kill it. And it ends up here just frozen in the lake. How does that happen? How does it happen overnight like this? You know, the, I get the impression that this is not very long after she saw this moose the first time. It was alive and well. I don't know what evidence we have lake. of that, though. Like, it could easily be a week or two. Okay. Uh, but I don't think that lake has just frozen over. It doesn't feel well, like the lake has just frozen over to me, but maybe. So I think that, like, the idea is, like, this is a thousand pound moose and the lake had froze. Because like, it was early winter, still early winter. Like, we're in the dead of winter now. And that you have a thousand pound moose crossing, like, thin ice. And it just fell through in that okay. one spot. And then, you know, its horns kept it from sinking all the way and it froze and died. Uh-huh. And then it refroze more solids. I, I think that's what you're... But okay. also, I can they're playing it. around with this idea of unusual warm pockets around the land. Mm-hmm. So with the mossy trees, yeah, yeah, maybe there's like a warm spot in the where there's natural gas out going out 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 gassing or something. I don't, I don't know. I, that's that's mm. one idea that could uh, thin the ice a bit. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. I just uh, read something day. a couple weeks yeah. ago about this. There's this natural. I can't remember where it is. Maybe it's someplace in Iceland where 
there's this lake that gets these weird circular holes that you can see from like aerial and like for a long time people didn't know like what caused them and all that but like scientists found that like it's due to like like a warm thermal vent in the lake that has this upwelling and like a thaws and then refreezes and thaws and refreezes and it makes those kind of i wonder if that's something sure. that the some kind of they're, they're hinting to some kind of natural phenomenon like that that could do so but like i said like also it's a big moose it just could step on <laughs> step on mm-hmm. not quite thawed uh ice and fall through and they have the skinny little feet that's perfect that's prime ice breaking true uh, leg there thousand pounds on four ice picks just mm-hmm. just going concentrating that pressure all right let's go back to the current day nat talks lisa through the argument she just had with her mom and by the end of the conversation neither of themselves want to kill themselves today themselves themselves uh and and nat doesn't want to drink she pushes oh. away a shot of whiskey or something here it's a big uh 12 step motto you know just uh one day at a time sure so, uh i thought that's interesting that her not wanting to kill herself is intrinsically tied into not using as well mm-hmm. all right misty and walter book separate rooms at the local b&b we get a split screen of them being overly paranoid as they investigate their accommodations and get ready for bed. The skincare routine. I love this detail. They they cut over to Walter and he's got that full face gold gel mask on. Uh Uh-huh. It's like even in, you know, Misty's got these insane half moon things. It's already kind of crazy. And then he's just like... (laughs) But how do you look like Elijah Wood at Elijah Wood's age if you're not doing the full gold <laughs> yeah. face mask every night? It's true. Right? It's true. He's keeping his boyish looks for sure. For sure. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, my God, he looked like <laughs> Buffalo Bill or something in that yeah. mask, dude. Uh, it is uh, the, the song, the angst in their pants, man, that was playing during the whole God. the whole thing is they're check, you know, doing all their black light and checking for bugs mm-hmm. and going to sleep to their favorite crime, true crime podcast. It's just really you know, cute. I thought they would be true crime podcast. They're actually animal sounds like she's got birds and he's got cats. Oh, really? Oh, how yeah. did, you, did, did you just zoom in and find that out? No, there's a close up of it. I, I yeah it blew my mind i went back and i watched this this particular scene again because i'm like which true, true crime podcast are they oh, listening to okay and it turns out they're not they're oh like, wow yeah they show them setting like playing the thing that's true because they take their they take the true crime podcast too serious to go to sleep to it i assume yeah yeah they might yeah. miss a detail right and that's the detail uh, to kill them it's the detail to allow the killer to kill them uh, a couple of details here do you know who John Lang is? The pseudonym of Walter. Is he it's a char- Is he a character from the Ma- Magus? No, no. It's actually the pseudonym of Michael Crichton. Apparently, he wrote some books under this oh, name. Interesting. I did not know that. And then, uh, Lady Malawan, which is the name that Misty chooses here, is Agatha Christie's inherited title upon her second marriage to Max Malawan. Get the fuck. So they're both essentially these, uh, I don't know if you call Crichton a mystery writer, but he's not not a mystery writer, puzzle box writer. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, nice. so a couple of references to authors there. Nice pull. Um, and then Jeff and Shauna talk about their day. Jeff admits to not being fully over the affair. Shauna tells, well, I told Callie everything. Uh, Jeff's horrified that their daughter is now an accomplice. 
and Callie comes in and admits her own secret and says, uh, I want to help cook. Family united over shared secrets, Aaron. It's a story as old as time, but can we trust it? Do you think this, that Callie is being played straight here? What do you mean by that? Do Could you mean- Callie be telling her parents that she's on board, but still wants Ooh. to bust them? I think it's more likely that the 16-year-old probably feels like super adult and her parent like mm-hmm. but I I don't know. I don't know. I don't I don't know. Uh it's an interesting like cuz like I'm on Jeff's side like this is you've made your daughter an accomplice. What the fuck is wrong with you? But like also there's this like idea that you should protect children from things but like when things are real you gotta, you know, we, why, what did we, what did we talk about this in the, in like the last of us when he had Henry and Sam and like Henry was telling him like some tough truths about the, the danger they're in and who had died. And like, mm-hmm. you know, do you, do you tell, what, what do you tell kids, you know? And it's like, I think and you try to sh- you tell them, yeah, you try to shield them as much as possible. But like, if you're living in a war torn mm-hmm. country and like the bombs are falling at some point, you got to talk about that, you know, yeah. so that they can stay safe and do all that. And, like, I guess my thing with Jeff is, like, yeah, you should protect your children, but, like, not committing crimes, not doing <laughs> felonies is a good... But, like, if you're going to be a family that does crimes, mm-hmm. probably the kids should know about it at some point to protect themselves and, and, and you, right? So, it's like... And the kids will know about it, too, right? Like, she already unless knows about idiot. it. She's getting yeah. gaslighted by her family. Yes. Is that the way to go? Nah, nah. But like, I, I, I do. I was, I was kind of joking, but I'm also kind of serious about like the. You can see the the cult of femininity, uh, closing and excluding the male, and then, like I said, mm-hmm. <laughs> joyfully mm-hmm. chopping a phallic thing right in front of him. Uh, <laughs> sure. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. I also like, yeah, just it's it's unbelievable for Jeff to this. But he that I guess that's the thing. It's like Jeff, you were already here. You just didn't see it. Mm-hmm. If you you, yeah, know, like, you, were, you were trying to deny to deny the situation as it exists. The second you fucked up and didn't burn that license plate thoroughly, your last uh, you know your last chance to hop off the crime family train and start living respectable lives, and and all this blows over. That that's over. It's done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll see what happens with Jay. I don't I don't know if she'll if Callie will clam up and stop telling things. Will she like spill more beans to this stranger? Who knows? Not me. Uh, let's go back to 96 again. Nat warms up in a bath. And when a near frozen Lottie is dragged back to the cabin by Mari and Akila, Nat gives up her bath so the Lottie can warm up. And then Nat and Lottie reconcile over their shared failures. In the future timeline, does Lottie have her toes? Because those things look bad, man. <laughs> those things look yeah. real I'm not sure if they were black, but they were deep purple. <laughs> yeah. I feel like when you are at risk of dying from exposure, that your limbs don't fare particularly well. Yeah. Yeah. Those are usually uh, the first things to go because your body's, you know, constricting its blood flow the to the major organs and the important bits. Uh, uh, so you're probably right. Maybe she's missing some toes. She's got prosthetic toes have we ever seen her an open toe shoe not that i recall <laughs> we're gonna have to we're gonna have to follow up on this but uh 
yeah, I, I like that them making peace over the fact that they both essentially scored zero in the religion faith off. And yeah, and, and how it's gonna be disrupted here by Mari in a second when she's like, "Oh, the hobbies, baby, right?" Lottie called this, you know. Lottie's our leader again. Like, come on, we had just come to some understanding here, and it was all through the, the the lens of good game, you know, like it's like a sportsmanship, uh-huh. and I, it was a sweet scene. But you're right, Mary's gonna fucking throw. Mm-hmm. A brick through this uh, stained glass window of peace. All right, back to the current day again. Lottie's trying to force her visions away, but a queen with no eyes card keeps coming up, keeps intruding. Lottie takes a knife out to the woods and makes a blood offering to the Bearheart altar, uh, I think, asking it to just be enough. Wants this blood sacrifice to be enough, yeah. Yeah, she's trying to take... Uh, going through her affirmation deck and... Th- thinking about all these positive feelings about herself and this this red queen with the x out eyes she she probably didn't get her medication from this substitute there i'm right? guessing yeah yeah if what she's resorting like. to all these other things like well yeah. i mean it's good yeah it's good mental health anyway but yeah yeah sure sure but she uh, feels desperate in these scenes it does seem like it yeah yeah all right uh, back to the past again. And this, all ties, this also ties back. Don't forget about the the queens emerging and stinging each other. Uh-huh. Like I did this multiple queen theory. I think. Well, it's not a theory. It's, it's, and, it's and a the text. dark one, the 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 one with no eyes, right? I mean, this is these yep. eyes are marked out of this queen. I I don't know how those connect because they're, you know, Lottie's visions versus Thaisa's. Thaisa's got red eyes. We know that she's the red queen. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, I got feedback see. on that that says that that was apparently is an unintended consequence of certain lighting and because they're doing they're dying a lot yeah, they're I using contacts on a lot of the women's eyes to make their younger selves match their their their, sure, their young selves so I guess that's just a, a, a unfortunate combination but god damn her eyes mm-hmm. look super red mm-hmm. especially when she's being dark tie so I don't know producers say a lot of things I I think. <laughs> All right, 96, Van and Thaisa are out looking for the symbol tree. They find a tree with melted snow at the base. Thaisa hears something and takes off running after it. They catch up and find out, well, they, they're surprised by what it is, who it is. We know it's Javi. Everyone knows it's Javi in this scene, right? Here's the thing. Here's another, like, missed opportunity for a a perfectly reasonable shot here you show the close-up of Javi you have the big reveal this is a huge reveal and they so underplay it and I think just to get the effect of the next scene but the effect of the next scene is not strong enough for me to say we don't want a close-up here we don't want to reveal that this is Javi in this scene I mean I knew as Javi as soon as they said oh my god there's someone out there who could it be like so maybe I d- didn't read as yeah, like a the, real yeah I, something about the way that they reveal uh-huh. Javi is like way understated to me it needed to be given more fanfare and it was just not so what are they suggesting with these bare patches of snow are they like uh, my theory was that this is like someone leaning up against a tree spending the night and but like this looks like it might be. I mean, they find Javi right when they find this tree, right? So if it's his ass warming these trees, but it felt like very it like it's like uh, yeah, like it's a lot wet. Like it looks like there's there's actually warmth coming up from the ground. And I was trying to think, it's like, well, is they're trying to suggest hot spots or I, I am very mm-hmm. curious to see when Javi starts talking and like what he has to say because you're right, hard to yeah. believe a teenager 
with not with without adequate clothing could survive in these winter conditions for at least weeks. Like, let's say that Doom's coming happened around Thanksgiving weekend. Um, and we've mm-hmm. been through several weeks of winter. It's hard to believe he'd survive. Oh, I, I mean, look at what look at how the cold was affecting Lottie. Lottie nearly died as bundled up as they could possibly make her. She sure. almost died in that cold. Javi is not wearing the cold weather gear. Nope. Javi's just out there mm-hmm. and what he was wearing at Doom coming, I guess. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, there's no way he should have survived that. So what's what's his story? Can't wait to find out. I hope they don't make him just be uh, a mute the entire season because of trauma. I mean, it's, it's, oh, it, it's something that can happen, but like, boy, it'd be annoying. Boy, it'll be uh-huh. annoying. All right, current day again. Nat watches Lisa show off her goldfish to the other cultists, and she eyes these keys like she's going to do something naughty with them. Yep, there's keys. The doors are all open doors, though. Maybe she's going to come back in dark at night because it looked like those are Lottie's offices, personal quarters. Yeah, could be. Uh, Then we go back to 96. The girls bring Javi back to the cabin. Travis is reunited with his brother. Mari claims that Lottie was right. Javi was alive. And then Van says Taisa knew where he was and that it's connected to everything. It's such a great evolution because right before this event, you had essentially faith versus rationality. Mm-hmm. Rationality <laughs> slinks off in a form of Nat feeling guilty. And then it's just two irrationalities duking it out for supremacy. It's not yeah. like, well, are we well, sure it's, it's like we're sure something's happening, but which is which of our priestesses are is the, the right one? Totally. Yeah. Uh, and the, the other weird thing in here is this sense I get from Javi that something has changed in his brother. And what is it? You know, he gives him this hug, but then he backs off and he gives him this weird look. You talking about Travis has seen something's changed in Javi? Cause no, the other way around. The Javi see something's changed in Travis? I, yeah, I saw a worried look on tra- on Javi's face. I saw like a catatonic look on Javi's face. I did not see. <laughs> okay, any. maybe I interpreted it as worried. I mean, you, but you you might yeah you you might be right, man. I don't know. Um, I thought it was interesting how conflicted Lottie seems in all this. Like sure. now yeah. that there's a two way contest between high priestess. I still think she doesn't know that I, she's kind of like having a, a crisis of faith, right? As Taisa seems like maybe she's in a has a chance to take mm-hmm. pole position here as as as, as the finder of uh, Javi, but but I don't know. Yeah, I'm I'm curious to see. I mean, Mari's pretty obviously push pressing the issue of like Lottie is our protector here. Yeah, she doesn't look like she's about to drop that anytime soon. And I don't think Taisa wants the title that they're trying to give her. The, the van's trying to give her so I, I don't know it, it's really at this point like a contest between the will of van versus the will of Mari because mm. neither of the would be spiritual leaders want the role or feel confident in the role seemingly yeah anyway we go back to the current day for the final scene where Thais has dropped off in a small town goes into a video store where she finds van the adult van finally introduced four episodes in we all knew it was going to happen, and here she is. Another great piece of casting. That looks like a plausible grown-up van. Right all the way down to owner of a video store. Like, I, I, this is how I picture Van living her life. While You Were Streaming is such a great title, a great name for a video store also. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah. And it's, it's also like there's a, a place for physical media. You know, we've talked about how like there's some uh, movies and television shows. Uh, the one that comes up the, the mind is um, uh, Christian Bale's not Christian Bale, Christian Slater's pump up the volume. You can't mm-hmm. watch that online. There's no way to, to, to stream that because of some conflict with the streaming rights. And there's several movies like that. I think is it something where another one, a weird was like Spice World. In a Spice Girls movie, <laughs> okay. can't fucking watch that uh, uh, any streaming service, or at least you couldn't six months ago. So, like, I I think it's interesting that there is like these are the last refuge of, uh, you know, in, in in days of rights conflicts, like DVDs, VHS, Blu-rays are 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 the only place you can get some of this stuff. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. We'll see what she wants with Van. I don't know if. Uh sleep Taisa or waking Taisa took her here seems like she's awake right now but clearly half this journey was done while she was asleep so what's the purpose of it why connect with Van right now I'll find out mm-hmm. alright that's going to do it for today's episode we do have feedback to consider but my god somehow we managed to go an hour 45 just talking about the episode ourselves so we are going to have to schedule an emergency feedback slot uh, later this week I think we're going to record it tomorrow it should be out uh, Wednesday at the latest I'd imagine uh, but yeah if you want to get in on that you still probably have uh, if, if you get right on it you can yellowjackets at baldmove.com if you want to find out what else we're doing uh, all the Picard, all the uh, the movie stuff. We just got done seeing Renfield, which I had a lot of fun with uh, last week at the movies. Uh, you want to follow our Twitter, twitter.com slash baldmoves. Got uh, all of our releases and our upcoming events. And if you'd like to support us, if you'd like to keep our bits flowing, uh, you know, uh, it's support.baldmove.com. I was trying to come up with a blood sacrifice, like let this be enough. Let this $5 <laughs> membership be, be enough, but uh, I, I, I couldn't work it into. But you do get... Uh, unlike uh, the uncertain supernatural benefits of joining Lottie's cult, you do get tangible things like ad-free feeds and tons of bonus content by joining ours. So, And you can leave at any time. We don't even specify it in the terms of the support contract. So, like, we're definitely not a cult. Yeah, I'm saying. you can leave for as many days as you want. Yeah, as many days. As many days as mm-hmm. you want, you can, you can, you can leave. Uh, yellowjacketsofballmove.com we'll see you later this week for feedback and next week for an all new episode of Yellow Jackets until then I'm your host Aaron and I'm Jim buzz buzz buzz